，第五点，第五五一个呢，它有包容性。呃，我们有些佛教呢，可能是比较暴俗，虽然是它是原始的传统，但是现在呃，这个世界人们看的呢，就是过于暴俗，就有思想上、行为上很多方面的约束、条条框框。这样之后呢，尤其是一些年轻人和城市人呢，就就刚开始有点害怕。而我们藏传佛教就是有很多次，就刚开始有行为上的一些报数，呃，还有一些约束和控制。然后自己自己的到了一定境界的时候呢，他如果能证悟了一切万法本来的这种面目。在这个时候呢，在本心当中没有什么呃可束缚的、可执着的、可去色的。嗯，这个有时候我在想，因为像你们河南的话呢，可能很多其他国家就是比较排斥的，包括一些吸毒啊、同性恋呐、啊，还有呃有有有一些呃就。比较排斥的很多的意念的话呢，那么就是在这里有些人们呢，就是他并没有这个严重，也许在藏传佛教当中呢，确实也是到了一定境界的时候呢，实践当中比较排斥的一些行为呢，在他的眼里就是实际上没有去色。Because uh, in Buddhism there are different, sect, different schools, um, and uh, <coughs> some of them are very conservative. And uh, like people in this century, they think uh, there are a lot of dogma, a lot of discipline, a lot of things that I cannot do, or something like that. Especially for young people, people in cities, they do not like those rules, disciplines. And uh, in Tibetan Buddhism, at the beginning, you have to follow some discipline. You have to do this and don't do that. But as you kind of um, advanced in the practice, especially after you realize the true face, the true nature of all phenomena, and uh, the, na the, the nature of mind, there is no need for you to adopt or abandon anything. Especially, I think one example that I think I can use is here in Holland. Um, I know that like drug, homosexual marriage, these things kind of, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's legal here, but for people from other countries, other places, they may not like this idea. However, in Tibetan Buddhism, when you reach some level, these things are not something people will think of, are not something that we should abandon or adopt. It's not good or bad anymore. Uh, 就有一次，当然他的专辑的两种版本有点不同，但是有一个版本里面就是说，他有一次带着很多的大妈
，然后呢，带着他们弟子一起去。刚开始呢，他们一起吸毒，然后呃，慢慢慢慢呃，就是一边把毒毒这个大妈全部扔在火里面，然后呢，一边唱歌，一边呢，就是让他们断除这种物质。这是可能一般的一些宗教徒或者是其他人看来就比较。奇怪的，但实际上，真正如果从我们的本心上看呢，在藏传佛教从真实本心层面看的话呢，呃，其实毒也好，药也好，呃，那么呃，白色也好，黑色也好，在本体上呢，都没有没有什么差差别的。所以在我们的人的各个国家的一些传统和制度上面。也许有很多很多想不通的、想不开的，但实际上，我们如果真的通达的话呢，很多问题呢，就是可以可以因人而解，就是应该说，这不过是一种习惯不同而已，就是都是有它的存在性和都有它的合理性。嗯嗯，就嗯，嗯 ，example that I want to um give you is. A story about Triyantrapurupaji. There, this story there are like different version, but the version that I heard and I like is uh, once uh, he had um, he asked his students to come to uh, him with a lot of marijuana, and at first uh, they just enjoyed to the drug, and then after a while, then he asked them to put this in. Uh, all the marijuana um, in fire burn them, and then he kind of start to guide them to destroy their self attachment. So that's the way he want to teach his students. And I think a lot of um, religious uh, followers may think this is very strange. This is something they cannot accept. However, uh, if you can really reach the advanced level of practice or realization. You will find that drug and medicine, they are not different. White and blank, they are not different. It kind of transcends all our, all, all our conceptual thoughts. And uh, for the customs and traditions of different countries, we may think they are very different, but after you realize the advanced level of realization, you will find all these are the same. They are all acceptable. And uh, you will find they, if they exist, they have its reason to exist. We don't think, oh, this is not okay. That is okay. Something like that. Um, the last, the last one, I want to say about the Zhangshan Buddhist teachings. Of course, other religions and Buddhist teachings also have value. But the Zhangshan Buddhist teachings. 就是对价值是很重重视，呃，有些上师他有一个很这种人格的魅力，他呢会吸引很多人，哪怕是他的一个微笑，哪怕是他一个很简单的教养，就甚至就是他给的一些很普通的一个价值品的话呢，就是有无穷的无穷的力量。As in Tibetan Buddhism, we have a lot of great masters or gurus or teachers. They have their power of blessing. I'm not denying 
the investors or the religious um, teachers um, in other religions that don't have. I'm just saying that um, in Tibetan Buddhism, we do have great masters, teachers, they have their power of blessing, and their personal charm can really attract a lot of people. And uh, even just by uh, one smile, one remark from them, people just feel a lot of uh, great blessed. Yeshin 这是这个上市 and uh, I think uh, people who do not uh, have any religious belief may not believe in blessing, this kind of thing. Uh, however, we do place great importance on blessing. And uh, a, a couple of days I've met Sogyan Rinpoche, the author of the book, uh, Tibetan book of uh, Life, All and Death. And uh, when we met, um, I want to, I want, I, I kind of shoot off the blessing substances I have, um, I, I wear on my neck. But when he showed me what he had, he had much more. And he told me, oh, this is from this teacher, and this one is from that teacher. So we counted everything. So that was a very good time. And uh, I think it, this is kind of like a secret life for world. When we get married, we also have the wedding ring. So it's a similar thing if you don't believe in blessing or those substances. It's kind of a similar thing that you can, um, it may help you to understand this. But because we have different values, we see things differently. So I respect what you think. Uh, 就是我们张传佛叫特别重视上市对你智者的信心都能帮助千千万万的众生
If you can realize the nature of your mind, all your suffering will vanish, disappear without trace. No matter where you live, you will feel happy. At the same time, you will emanate positive energy to people around you. You can help, you can benefit thousands, hundreds of people. So I think, in one word, Tibetan Buddhism, what is the most important thing that can attract young people or old people? It's the way the peace instruction it has to help people realize the nature of mind. This is my answer for Dr. Hansen's question. <laughs> This answer, and as was advertised, it's also a very systematic answer. Um, uh, actually, giving uh, seven points as to why Tibetan Buddhism uh, could be attractive for uh, young people. I'm afraid, or maybe as part of the tradition, as we have both studied debate, I would like to engage perhaps the Kimball in a bit of a debate. So I do not argue for. Uh, I don't have any problems with the reasons given. Of course, Tibetan Buddhism is in, an inclusive form of Buddhism, you know, including Mahayana and Tantrayana. Um, that's the first point. It is. Uh, it makes extensive use of logic. That's the second point. It is very systematic, as you know, we have all these points. Um, it has also definitely uh, uh, resonances in, in science. Uh, uh, calculating the uh, calendars, astronomy, psychology, and uh, definitely the tolerance and the openness is the fifth point uh, one could see. And the sixth point, yes, uh, it is a very lively tradition, having great masters with great charisma, which is very attractive. And the last, of course, uh, it does have the, the methods for recognizing the nature of the mind at least I hope so. Um, but this doesn't explain, um, and here I'm speaking maybe not based, I'm, I'm not backing myself on, um, or basing myself on uh, scientific research, uh, but it doesn't explain why, and I know this from having been an interpreter of Tibetan Buddhism for a reasonably long time. I've seen Dharma centers from the inside in Europe uh, quite a lot. And when I see sort of the typical um, Westerner practicing Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, and this is not meant to cause any offense, but mostly they're middle-aged. They're not young people. It's actually, we find it difficult to attract uh, young people. And you find people interested, but not people who actually become Buddhists. And so we see that in the West as a, a sort of a general trend that Tibetan Buddhism is attractive to older people. And in China we see the opposite. Now the reasons that uh, Kempos uh, gave are all valid reasons, but it doesn't explain this big difference. Uh, you know, uh, 
有一部分人呢就是喜欢逻辑，有一部分人呢就喜欢修行，还有一部分人呢就多样化和文化，就这样一个，其实呃，在中国大陆而言呢，的确也是现在呃年轻人非常多，而且这样的年轻人的学习呢，并不是是暂时的一个热潮，呃，我。我用汉语讲课，从八嗯八六年开始讲的。那么现在，呃，有很多的从南龙南龙盖的话，呃，在学习藏传佛教，在那里已经没有离开的，大概有大概我们今年大概统计了一下，有三十多位学者，有三十多位学者呢，已经二十年以上了。嗯，去年有一次我去广西大学的时候。呃，这里面有七个老师，七个老师二十年前他们研究藏传佛教，那么去年我们去的时候呢，他们还是在研究藏传佛教，所以他们的这种呃很多年轻人呢，其实是原来四年前的，现在已经中年人，已经甚至老年人，就一直在在在这样的。当然，我们这个欧洲啊，就个别地方的话呢，可能有个别人是。学习比比较中年人或者是老年人，但是我认识的呃法国也好，呃德国也好，包括河南也好，呃很多人年轻人呢、啊，他们是呃就是在学习藏传佛教，包括很系统的在学习，有一部分认识汉族人，有一部分人呢，呃这个养就西方人。就是所以，可能我们只是对传统性的个别的道场的一些意外呢，应该是现在有很多人，呃，去去去研究或者是学习在实修。当然，呃，你先说这个，我再再说一下。So, um, I think my my answer was not that. That's the first thing I want to say. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, why? Because for people we are very different. Some people like science. Some people like systematic study. Some people like logic. Some people like to practice Buddhist practice. And some people just to get interested in diverse culture. And in mainland China, there are a lot of young people. They are studying Tibetan Buddhism. Very enthusiastically, and uh, one thing that I want to bring up here is in Nangar, there are young people. They they were young people um, from China's cities. They have been there for more than twenty years. So now they are middle aged or old, but twenty years ago they were very young, and uh, they have never left our monastery. For 20 years, and there are more than 30 of them. And uh, uh, another thing is, uh, um, in uh, uh, I, I started to uh, teach in Chinese in 1986, and uh, so for this kind of um, almost 30 years, I teach uh, Chinese students. And uh, just the last year. When I went to Guangxi University, I met seven、uh, teachers there, 
And 20 years ago, they also studied Tibetan Buddhism when they were very young. Now they're old. <laughs> and uh, so I think um, they, uh, it, it's just because time now in the middle age or the old people right now, they may already started to study Tibetan Buddhism um, um, one or two decades, so they were very young. And I think uh, maybe it's very different because as I know, in Europe, there are also young people there who systematically study Tibetan Buddhism, like in France, in Germany. I know those people, those Buddhists, um, some of them are Chinese people, some of them are local people, so I, and they are very young right now. I, this is what I know. So I think it's just a different tradition or different uh, kind of um, uh, age population in different centers. That's the first thing I want to say. Uh 都去过各个地方的一些大学科学技术的这样的学校里面呢他们就提出来的问题的四个就是好像对藏传佛教有一定的研究其实有些社会的话呢我也觉得比较细致他们有些人问我这是什么原因我说是你要发生大事的价值比就是你们可能不相信我以前